Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. Welcome to the 187th episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Sumwitz. I am the host of this lovely show. Joining with me, as always, is my good buddy and friend who is back home from L.A., my friend Floyd Johnson Jr. How are you doing, man? I know it's been a journey. So, man, you want to talk about emotional ups and downs. (laughs) uh yeah uh thursday to thursday like last thursday to this thursday has been the most like emotionally up and down i'd ever been the last time we recorded was last wednesday so thursday last thursday uh i got to basically i go went to the ftr live show and you know it's you know you go to the show and they see you and they wave at you and "Ah," cash points at me in the crowd and, you know, I'm there with JR. We're having a good time. We're meeting all these FTR fans, these beautiful, smart, you know, they got great taste FTR fans, right? So we get to hear from Wardlow, Sean Spears, Big Will Hobbs, stuff we didn't know about any of these people. And we got to watch the show and just Cash's and Dax's brother dynamic is just amazing. I'm like, you know, I don't see two more people that aren't related to each other that are more like brothers than those two men. So that was then security Sam was there just chilling and we, we got to talk to him, just catch up with him for a while. And um, it was a good night. And then uh, after the show, we got to they said, hey, the VIPs, which apparently like everybody there about the VIP. And we got to party with them. We got to go down. <laughs> They had tequila and we had shots and uh, like six people uh, on the uh, on Dax's show before he was like, "Hey, he's like Fortaleza, uh, Fortaleza, a nail." He's like, "Dude, this is like my favorite tequila. You know, if you can find it in California, bring it to me." Man, that man should know better than that. There was like seven bottles. 
Seven different people bought bottles of this liquor, including me. So this dude's oh, like got a God. truck full of liquor. So he literally just pops one open and starts pouring glasses of it because he's he's there for a week, but he has like seven full liquor containers. Like so, that was pretty awesome. We all drank. oh he knew what he was doing. He knew yeah. what he was doing. Yeah, he put out a call to arms to his most passionate fans, and we all <laughs> delivered. And if you go at Floyd Nelson Jr. and I believe that I, I retweeted her from the at all things elite. Paige, you'll see the pictures. Me, JR, we got our four picture with uh, FTR, and then we all drank and did a toast, and they got good pictures of that. And it was a fun time. I will tell you, if you're a fan of FTR and you're a fan of live shows, uh, yeah, this is probably one of the best ones I ever went to. Definitely worth the money. Yeah, it was just like a good times vibe. No, no big timing. Uh, Sean Spears was in a good mood. Everybody was in a good mood. Wardlow, I Dick didn't eat a lot because he said, I'm just starting drinking now. And I, I don't, I wouldn't, he, he was pretty drunk. He was pretty drunk. So I think it was like, Hey, maybe he didn't eat a lot of food or whatever. Cause, and you know, he doesn't have any fat to soak it up. That's just all muscle. So that was cool. And we had a good time Thursday. Amazing. Friday, WrestleCon. Uh, I ended up buying the super fan because I needed to get in an hour early so I could go pick up Tiffany. Boom. Uh, go to WrestleCon, meet Ricky Starks, uh, Evil Uno. I think I knocked out and had a really, really good time. Got a, got an autograph from Evil Uno. Good time. Went and picked up Tiffany. Uh, went and had some lunch at this Mexican place that was like right around the corner from a hotel. Hotel, perfect spot. Had like two, a grocery store, a CVS, and like eight restaurants all within walking distance of the hotel. So it was just like very good uh, place to be. Uh, and it was called the MDR Doubletree in Marina del Rey. I don't know a lot of people. If you're going to California and you're driving, it's it's a fairly cheaper hotel. But it's not far away from anything. It was like only like five miles away from the stadium driving or whatever. So... I wanted to give them a shout out because it was a nice hotel and it was just so located. Like I needed a, I needed a charging cord. CVS was right there. We went and got our energy drinks there. Just staying in that hotel saved us money. Uh, but yeah, we were able to check in right on time. I was like, dude, we're not able to check in in about 10 minutes. We need to figure out what we got to do. So as soon as I said that, they checked us in. Everybody was able to get their shower, drop Tiffany down uh, at the superstore. We went to the Supercard of Honor, which last time we reviewed, uh, previewed. We, uh, the review was pretty much, it was a really good show. Um, Katsuyori Shibata uh, beat and pinned Willie Yuta or, or, yeah, to become uh, the new Pure Championship. So that was interesting. Then we got the new tag team champions in the ladder match, which was the Loser Bros. And unfortunately, in the latter match, uh, we lost Dante Martin to a broken leg, or apparently his leg was facing the wrong direction. I am not one of those people that go back and watch that kind of stuff, right? Especially when it comes to wrestling, especially when it comes to like, the wrestlers I like. But apparently he's going to be out for a very long time. My thoughts are with, uh, with Dante because him and his brother... Top flight seemed like the future of tag team wrestling, but they're right now they're the most snake bitten team in tag team wrestling. One is unfortunately always getting hurt, 
It is not their fault. Uh, it was a complicated spot. It's wrestling. Stuff happens. But uh, congrats to Lucha Bros. Mark Briscoe came out and hugged the Lucha Bros after the match. Um, Mark Briscoe, didn't, he lost to Samoa Joe earlier in the night. And in the main event, Claudio was able to... Uh, Claudio was able to beat and pin Eddie Kingston. And that's how the show went off the air. I thought it was a solid show. Gave it like an A or whatever. I, th- I mean, I, I really did thought it was a good show. Uh, it, you know, some people like best show this weekend. I reserved that for the next night, which was WrestleMania night one. I thought just to kill the show from the beginning to the end, uh, we got Rhea Ripley becoming your new, uh, SmackDown women's champion. And then we had KO and Sammy ending the Usos long tag team. Reign. My boys. Very, very good night. Uh, Usos now. Okay. Now the Sammy people. Y'all can be quiet now. It's okay. He main evented WrestleMania and he won. And apparently the alternative you wouldn't have liked. So um, yeah, seriously. <laughs> I, I listen, I, I, I take my Sami Zayn winning while showcasing the PWG and Super Dragon uh, icons on his uh, gear. I take that and I run away and I hold on to it with uh, like a warm heart and knowing that I could have had something much worse. Yes, uh, me and Tiffany was geared up. Did you see the gear, the swag? Oh, Did yeah. The oh, shoes, yeah. the shoes, I saw everything. the socks, the jacket. I mean, we were, whew, we was, we was Cody'd out. We was Cody'd out. out. like it was the 4th of July. I do, dude. Cody was in our pockets deep, deep. And so we get there. And I, I really want, I'm like, I'm not going to go on on along about this. But we get there, right? And we get to the Superstore on Thursday, right? They have 12 racks of the Finish the Story shirt, right? 12 racks. And while we were there, there was a lady bringing out more Finish the Story shirts, right? Then there was another four or five racks of just the Cody jacket, right? So we go back and me and JR are going going everywhere. And we make the joke that the Cody hooded jacket was the official jacket of WrestleMania weekend. You literally did not go to a wrestling place where somebody wasn't wearing that jacket. We were at WrestleCon. We were everywhere. You couldn't look left. You couldn't look right at WrestleMania without somebody wearing that jacket. So Sunday, we go back up to the Superstore. Down to literally two racks of the Finish the Story shirt. Down to no jackets are completely sold out, right? All the WrestleMania I was there shirts were completely sold out. Like, so, again, we thinking this is record-breaking. As Cody fans, we were like, oh, here we go. He literally outsold everyone there. We know it because we saw it. We were in there when the stuff was there. His, his, uh, his uh, belt plates, the side plates sold out eight by tens with uh, that he had signed for different shows sold out everything cody was gone teddy bears everything cody was gone so we were like oh okay maybe you know this is the signing i mean literally he's the number one selling person at wrestlemania we were trying to think along the lines of wrestling and money it makes sense so and just I, you know yeah, logic logic so 
I had decided on the show, I made it, just post about it on Facebook. I, my Facebook's not really public, but I made a post back uh Facebook about how for this match, I I was going back to being 12. Uh, I was like, uh, I, that might even be a little old for some people when it comes to rest plans or 14 or whatever I was at that time that Shawn Michaels fought Bret Hart. Because that was the last time that a result of a wrestling match meant that much to me. Like, I have been through the uh, through the media and the coverage and the tell-alls and all that kind of stuff. You know, you know too much about wrestling, right? So getting lost into it, getting lost in it gets harder and harder as you get older. But I made a choice that I wasn't going to read anything. I wasn't going to listen to anything. I was going to go to th- this show and root as a true fan, as like the little kid in me for Cody to win. And we go through WrestleMania night too. Some people enjoyed it. Some people didn't actually thought even before the main event, I thought it was kind of just there WrestleMania. Right. And we get to the main event. Uh, Cody comes out just his regular music, but he comes up from under the ground, uh, which which he does. And he has the smoke and, Oh my God, there's this jacket. And then there's like a hole in the jacket where the belt's supposed to go. You know what I mean? Like you can see his stomach there. And it's like, instead of the clothes robe, like a normal person does, he kind of had the hole there. That's where the belt goes. Right. And I'm like, man, this is great. And the crowd is going fucking nuts. You watched it, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Crowd going fucking nuts. And they, they, like they want this. Right. So Roman comes out and they got the three pianos and blah, blah, blah. Now, Try not to read anything into it, but that fucking entrance and how it was built, I was like, God damn, he got the champion's entrance. Like, that's not the entrance of somebody that's about to lose. <laughs> and that was what went through my head, but I put it out my head. It's like, dude, you know what we're trying to do here. We're trying to get lost in the moment. So I watched the match, and they tell a great story. They really do tell a great physical story of Roman trying all these things and Cody getting out of them and having a plan for it and everything. And then we get to the end and Cody had already hit the crossroads. Roman had already hit the spear and tried to choke him out. And Cody had gotten into it. Cody gets Roman. Uh, Sammy uh, KO comes out saying, take out the Usos. Solo Sokoa was thrown out earlier in the night. Cody picks up Roman. He hits the first crossroads. So no, like, he gets in Crossroads' position. At this point, I start recording Tiffany. Because as much as I love Cody, as much as I love Cody, as much as he's my favorite singles wrestler in the world, there are no person that deserved a reaction recorded in that moment more than my friend Tiffany. So I I started recording her. I was watching the match, but recording her reaction, right? So they pull up. he pulls him up, and he hits the first Crossroads. He pulls him up, hits the second crossroads. Oh, my God. She, I mean, she's kind of going crazy. She doesn't even know I'm recording her, right? And I'm like, so he's going for the third crossroads, which I think is about to be the end of the match. Paul Heyman jumps up on the corner. Uh, corner. Cody, being the stupid face that he is, for some reason decides to make that stop doing his move. And then he... Uh, gets pushed into the corner and who, who's there waiting someone in a hoodie jumps up and Solo Sokoa 
and he hits him with the spike. Roman bounces off the first ropes, bounces off the second ropes, spears him. I was like, oh, okay, Cody's about to kick out. And it goes one, two, three. My hand drops. My mouth drops and opens. And all I can think, and honestly, all I can think is, wow, wow, they really did that. And I say think because I have not, I did not talk to Austin. I didn't answer the phone for anyone. Austin even tried to call me, which I know how much of a sacrifice that is for a young person to actually call someone. And uh, that's that's not lost on me. Uh, it meant a lot. Uh, but I, I'm like, so you know me. I am very loquacious. To, that's a nice way of saying I talk too damn much. Um, I didn't speak for 45 minutes. To the point, just nothing out of my mouth. The first thing I said as we were waiting is I had to call somebody that was riding with us to make sure they were coming. And those were the first words I spoke. Then once we got in the car, we drove and I didn't say a word. Just utter shock. I Matt, texted JR actually and he said, I've been at funerals more positive than this. Uh, yeah. And we didn't say a word. And then... I'm driving, right? So I am not allowed to be in my full emotional state because I have to drive and make sure my friends get home safely, right? So I think the music, something came on and I'm like sitting at a stoplight and I'm like, and again, forgive me. I, I, I am going to let you know. I know I'm a grown man and I know this is a, a scripted sport, but I'm about to cry at this point. <laughs> and I was like I literally start talking to everyone in a room because if I knew if I started crying I wouldn't be able to see to drive so I just started talking I just started like talking like it was almost like fruit salad like I didn't even know what I was talking about I was talking to distract myself from how I really felt and then yeah we dropped her off went and got some IHOP I probably ate more in that plate than I've probably eaten in the last week. Like, dang, I was like just destroying it. And yeah, we started talking a little bit more. And yeah, I I was in shock for the next 24 to 36 hours. Just like, I didn't want to talk to no one. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, and And then it hit me. Like sometimes when I was talking, I was like, as I told my friend Jason, when I finally talked to him sometime the next day, it was later on in the day. I didn't want to do, I'm an emotional person. I didn't want to do what I do. And that's like, I get caught up in emotion. I'm like, I'm never going to a WWE event again. I'm never doing this, never doing this. And I say all this stuff and we know it's not true. You know what I mean? It's just not, I just didn't, I didn't want to call into that. So I was trying to really, like let myself go. But the problem was I have this ritual after something doesn't go my way, whether it's Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl, Florida State losing the game, whatever it is, my wife and I have this ritual where I'm allowed to come in my room, shut my door, scream, yell, lock the door, cuss or whatever, and really decompress from the moment, right? Well, I am with Tiffany and I'm with JR and we're in a 
two bed hotel. So guess what? I well, guess what? Guess what? I wasn't allowed to do. <laughs> so I sleep very little, and I'm just ready to go home. And I'm really sad the next day. And I was not the best version of myself. But you know, when we got to the plane, got Tiffany. Uh, Tiffany, I was getting on the plane. Tiffany was on the plane, and like I got on the plane. And I played some music, and I kind of decompressed a little bit there. But when I got home, I was able to just get in my room and get depressed. But, uh, yeah, Cody lost. And I had many different tweets that I thought about. But my heart was broken, and it was. It's still, to a point, still kind of broken. You know what I mean? To the point. And it was just like my biggest thing, and I will stop after this because I told uh, Austin I didn't want to go on for an hour about this is that I was mad that Cody lost. I want to say that first so people don't think I'm going to skip over that. I am mad that Cody lost, that my favorite wrestler lost the main event of WrestleMania. That is first. But the thing that actually angers me the most is that I am an AEW guy. I go to AEW shows. We do an AEW podcast. AEW tells stories and does professional wrestling in a way that I like. I allowed myself to get manipulated and brought back in by the WWE, thinking Triple H is in charge, he's calling the shots, this is going to be different. There is no way Triple H's first WrestleMania calling the shot that he's going to do a screwy or a, a heel finish. He's going to want the moment. He's going to go by. He's going to put his hat in the Cody ring and move on from there. Right? And then they went with the screwy finish. And like I said, I'm not mad at WWE. I'm mad at me. That's my biggest disappointment is because I did allow myself to get sucked in again. I do love feeling. I love the feelings and the raw emotions that wrestling still brings out of me. It's my favorite form of entertainment. So I do love all of that. But that night, it just didn't make sense. And I could go on with the many different things I heard on the internet. Understand, if anybody wants to argue with me that it should have happened, at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter, I'll turn on my DMs and we can have a one-on-one conversation. Because I don't want to have this in the public a conversation because everybody's going to be like, you're just mad your guy lost. Hell yeah, I'm mad my guy lost. I'm mad my guy lost, and it didn't make sense. When Cody lost to Chris Jericho at full gear, when I made the trip there, and they put he put that fact that he wasn't going to fight for the title again, I thought there was like a 2% chance that Cody was going to win, but it made the most sense that Cody lost. I got that, right? When he lost, wasn't happy, but it kind of made sense because he, he was kind of the booker at the time, and he didn't want to book himself as a world champion. I get that. And Tony didn't want him to be world champion. I get all that. And so I went away with like, man, I just got to see Cody Rhodes wrestle uh, for the AEW title, probably his only time wrestling for the title. Sunday, I came away with, man, they got me. I didn't come away upset that uh, Cody lost. I didn't come away hating Roman Reigns. I came in like, oh, they got me for my money. And I just felt stupid. I didn't feel like, man, I can't wait to pay for the next show. I'd be like, man, I never want to come to this show again. So 
that's how I felt. I know some people that heard this show and knew what I was doing probably wanted to feel that way because I send out a lot of cuss words and tweets and uh, Facebook posts. And I'll tell anybody, I was never like, you know, like, like, uh, like, oh my God, I can't live sad. I was upset and I was living in the moment. So that was like full on kayfabe reactions to to use a lack of a better term. That's honestly a lack of a better term. That was like I was living, that was me living in the fantasy world reaction to it. I was ultimately okay because shit, I have, you know, as I said, I have a pretty fucking dope life. I met like 20 wrestlers over the weekend, including El Hijo de Vikingo and uh, Brandy. I saw Brandy, got my Brandy figure signed, got my Sean Spears, met Sean Spears, did Sean Spears, did the 10 with Sean Spears twice. Ricky Starks, just a bunch of cool people. You know, I had a really good time. Got to see Simon, got to see James, all my people from the UK. Amazing weekend up until Sunday night. So that's it. That, that was my WrestleMania weekend. I will be in Philadelphia. I, I, I Like everybody's like, what? No, I'll be in Philadelphia for WrestleCon. I had a goal uh, when I went to WrestleMania 20 and I know, yeah, 19 years ago, I set a goal that I would be at 20. After I went to 20, that I would be at 30, 40, and 50, no matter what. So when I say I'm going, that's a personal goal for me, not anything to do with the WWE product or how good or bad it is. It was a personal goal for me. I said a long time ago, and I ain't let nothing break that other than Endeavor coming in and charging like 22 grand to sit on the roof. So there you go. Yep. There you go. And then I'll, I'll just add a couple things just uh, myself just to put a little bow on this whole Cody WrestleMania stuff. Um, I will just pose a question. Um, if you know that uh, your company is about to go through a sale, a merger, whatever you want to call through it, and as much as you know what Hunter said on the Raw after Mania, where they they ain't going anywhere. Okay, well, let me tell you this: things were probably are going to change. Maybe not necessarily immediately for the viewing audience, but it could very well change for talent, and it could change on the way that they do business. Um, and then don't think that that doesn't mean that things could not and probably will change in the coming years of the product. So with that in mind, because it literally happened the day after WrestleMania, and there's a lot of uncertainty with this whole idea, wouldn't you want the last WrestleMania under sole ownership of the man who started this place, the man that made sports entertainment as big as it is, wouldn't you want that to be a feel-good moment just to kind of keep people at ease a little bit? Just to kind of keep things a little bit more like, hey, it's all right. Things are still going to be all right because we just got an awesome WrestleMania. We're going to come out of this and we're going to get some good wrestling, some good product. And we'll deal with whatever the business side of things do with Endeavor or whatever the case may be. Maybe that's a good idea. Guess not. No, let's just have Brock Lesnar beat the shit out of him the next night. And... Y'all who thought you were getting a tag match, fuck you, I guess. Um, but no, you cannot tell me that that was the right decision because people who the only excuse I've ever heard people say was that 
it wasn't the right time, then motherfucker, when was? When is the right time? I need a date and I need a moment. When is the time? You can't give me a time. You know why you can't give me a time? Because that was it. That was your time. That was your moment. That was mom's spaghetti. One shot, one opportunity. And you fucked it. You fumbled the bag. That was the first thing I said. The moment. The moment I saw that finish. Because there's nothing left. There's nothing left you can do that is going to reach that height. You Like you had Roman kick out of a stunner, a halluva kick, and he didn't die after two crossroads. You've made him invincible. There's nowhere we can go. And even if you try to go around with the Cody thing and try to reverse engineer everything and revisionist history, it's not going to be the same. It just won't. And that's on you. That's on you. And all I got to say is I know a lot of WWE fans have really been enjoying themselves for the past, I want to say, six, seven months or so when the idea of Vince being gone and everything like that was honestly a reality. Um, I feel for those of y'all who feel like now you've been hoodwinked and you've just been kind of, you know, led astray and now we're back to the same old shit. I feel for you. I honestly do. I genuinely do because I mean, Hey, I hope y'all had fun, but this company doesn't learn. It just doesn't, it just does not learn. And I don't want to dog on it as much as they do as we have. And that's maybe more so my side than Floyd's me dogging on the company itself um but night one of wrestlemania y'all who saw that still got a really great night of wrestling can't take away night one of wrestlemania i can promise you that still at least takes a show that would have been a c for me to at least a b honestly i will say for me um but anyways this is an AEW podcast and we were coming out of this horrific wrestlemania weekend and we were like, Tony's doing some shit to kind of put a stake in the ground. And did he ever do some shit? A lot has happened uh, since WrestleMania for AEW, and they went and did a bunch. So we got to get into a lot of it, and we're going to speed through a lot of it too, mostly just the smaller matches and stuff like that. But again, make sure you guys download this show on Google or Apple Podcasts and share us if you listen to us on Spotify or wherever you listen to us. Uh, share us around with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish, and you can also leave a rating and a review. You can follow us on Twitter at ATElitePod, at Social Suplex. Make this show possible. Check out all the other shows they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. Now, there was a lot of news this week. A lot. But I think it's fair to say that the biggest news of the week is what was announced for this upcoming August, late August, August 27th. Um, it had been rumored for months that AEW was getting closer and closer to making their debut uh, overseas, across the pond, in London, England, in the UK, just somewhere in the UK. And it was confirmed this night, because Tony had a major announcement, and the major announcement was that AEW was going to be in London. And the way that they sell, sell, sold this was that they said, back in 2018, Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks put on All In, the biggest independent wrestling show of all time. Five years later, we're doing All In again, but this time it's going to be in London, England. And the thing that we caught, honestly, as this was going on, All In was a statement. The original All In was a statement. You can't do 
a 10,000 plus venue with the people that you have. You can't book that. You can't sell that out. You can't do that. Okay, we take that bet. We go all in and we do it. And now they're going to try to do it again with London, but not just doing it in London because Adam Cole helped sell the announcement and made it even bigger when announcing they're booking Wembley Stadium. You know, SummerSlam 92. Bret Hart and British Bulldog. That fucking match. That SummerSlam. Shawn Michaels and Davey Boy Smith. That SummerSlam. Fucking unreal announcement. Shook the entire wrestling world. The fact that they were going to sell out, try to sell a 90 plus thousand venue. 90,000 plus can sit inside of Wembley Stadium. And it's the first show, only the second wrestling show that that stadium has ever held. First one since 92. And that is a power move to have that announced. I, I fucking lost my shit. Um, I want to go so bad. Um, I've always wanted to go to the UK regardless. Um, like It would be amazing to be able to go there for that. I think it would just genuinely be absolutely outstanding. I don't know if I'll be able to, honestly. I'm still trying to find a way to find like people who are like as Showtime gets coming closer and closer to Forbidden Door 2 in Toronto because that's a little bit more reasonable for me. I'm trying to people are looking to sell tickets closer and closer to Showtime where I could just buy some from fans who can't go all of a sudden. I'm still trying to make that happen. And now you announce London. I, it's, I want it so bad, but I just I can't have it all. And I might like I said, this one genuinely, I think is I'm going to unfortunately miss out on live. But, dude, you have no idea how badly I want this. But Floyd, I mean, this announcement is just fucking unreal. Oh, dude, it was bigger than I thought it could be. I thought they were going to announce the show at the O2 Arena and or uh cottage co uh the cottage cove where uh they are but uh i gotta say this knocks out like one of the most the pay-per-views that i look fondly most on is that uh SummerSlam uh from 92 brett and davy boy in the main event it's one of the shows that i look most fondly on then um uh, then, you know, for me, personally, my bucket list was to be at the first show in the UK with AEW. Bucket list. To be uh, uh, at the first AEW stadium show. Bucket list. To watch a show in the UK. It not checks so many things off my bucket list. I'm not saying, like... I, there was no way I can't even like that I can't attempt to go. And it's funny when you start looking up everything, dude, hotels in the London area, you know, with the amount of people that we generally have in a room, fairly inexpensive, right? Ticket to the show, probably be a couple hundred bucks, right? From where I want to sit. Not bad at all. Plane to London, $1,300, $1,400. The, uh -huh. the plane is the the flight there is going to cost more than the rest of the trip by like three or four times and that's my hesitation uh my uh lease on the current my house is up at the end of june so i might be having to move so i'm just gonna have to cross my t's dot my eyes be very very uh like 
like cognizant of money of where we're going to live that kind of thing i've discussed it with my wife and she's like if we can make it happen make it happen i'm gonna send my passport paperwork was supposed to go in it's supposed to go in tomorrow so hopefully my passport can get in by then there's a lot of ifs ands and buts about making this happen but good lord it would be like the ultimate bucket list item if i could make it happen and i even put my tweet and my post on my Facebook, my friend's Facebook, fuck it, I'm going to London. That's how it was. It was like, fuck it, I'm going. And yeah. even before they announced it, I was like, no, I can't go. But when he announced, dude, when they announced Wembley, when they said it was Wembley, it, I, I've been talking about him a lot. The 12-year-old kid that lives inside of me that knocks on the door and is like, can I come out? Said, Hey, we're going to uh, we're going to London, because that was not feasible to me when I was a child. Like leaving the country wasn't feasible. Going, watching a pay per view, ordering a pay per view at my parents' house wasn't feasible. All these things were not feasible in my existence. Right now, now I'm a grown ass man. I got a job. I control the funds. Have an amazing partner, and she's like, "Fuck it, let's make it happen." And I said, you know what? Let's make it happen. So if you ever hear me talk about how much I love my wife, uh, that, that I mean, that's the main reason. Not because she doesn't say no. Is that she supports me in uh, like uh, doing stupid shit like no one else does. You know what I mean? Now, I, I have friends that wives like, nope, you're not doing that. No, she's like, why not? Let's go. If we can pay our bills, do all that kind of stuff, and still go, definitely go. So, we're going to make this happen. This is historic. Uh, I mean, and it's genius. Because it is statistically proven. The first time that you go to a place, that's when it's at its hottest, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Your first stadium show, that's going to be hot. You're going to have people traveling from all across the country to see this, right? If they do 30,000 people in a 90,000 stadium... There are people that are going to say that it's not a good number, but it will still be 10,000 more people than they've ever had in a uh, watching wrestling, right? And let's just say they get 50 to 60,000. Well, let's just say they somehow beat one of the nights of WrestleMania. That is a selling point to continue on your TV deals and all that stuff. We just put 60,000 people in the stadium. That, That gets you all that stuff. The business side of it is amazing. I just, I can't wait. This is dream come true. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I got so pumped up. I, I I had a hard time going to sleep this morning after my shift. I was so pumped up still about it. Yeah. Well, something else, something else, something else really, really good happened too. So. Yes. No, there was a lot of, like I said, a lot of really, really good stuff on this show. This was only one of a bunch of things that happened. So, again, super hyped. We're all in London at Wembley fucking stadium. Me and Floyd are going to damn well try. We'll see if we're going to be able to make it happen. Hopefully at least one of us are able to make it happen. Um, But yeah, it's going to be an outstanding show, I'm sure. Um, And also want to mention too, because I saw Anthony Bowens tweet this out. um, Because people are asking, is August 27th? That's only a week before what um, uh, all in or all out normally is in Chicago at at the, uh, the now arena so people were like 
well, it's uh, all out not happening this year because, I mean, like, that's right there. And Anthony Bones was like, nope, still going to happen in Chicago. And I'm like, so they're going to do Wembley Stadium and then they're going to come back and then do a pay-per-view uh, in Chicago. And I'm just like, what the fuck? I just- you know, like me, because I'm, I'm unstable, uh, I started thinking about I was like, and I even told Crystal, I was like, I want to do it. And I was like, but there's only one way to do it. And she was like, what's the one way to do it? And I was like, I, I'm not coming back. Yeah. Like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go from London, right? I'm going to watch the show. I'm going to fly home Monday and I'm just going to fly to Chicago, right? The flight back will, you know, the flight, it'll be the one way to London. And then the flight back will be to Chicago. I will check in a hotel and then work from there for that week go to all out and not come home till monday so i will literally be gone for two weeks yeah literally because i mean it's really the only option that makes sense because coming back to oklahoma city uh working and then flying back to chicago is just dumb at that point yeah you're just gonna need to take a two-week vacation yes no i'm gonna work from chicago see that's the whole thing i work remotely oh yeah yeah yeah. i work remotely so i'll just work from chicago it's just i won't be actually at my home until two weeks from now uh then and it's like if you know that happens uh okay for a second here what's your what's your dream main event for this show my dream main event for uh, all in London. Yeah. Um. Honestly, guys, well, would... we didn't discuss this. So if he's thinking, it's because I I just literally just threw yeah. this question at him. No, yeah, he did. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. um, I would say uh, my dream match for London would be. See, it's it sucks because I don't think this would main event, but this is this is a match that I want for the show. Uh, I want Kanosuke Takeshita versus Will Ospreay. That'd be a dope ass match. So, I'm trying to play into the London crowd a little bit, um, but <clears throat> in terms of what I want my main event to be, uh, let's say, uh. You know what? Fuck it. This is my main event. My main event is going to be fucking uh, MJF versus Kota Ibushi. Okay. So my main event is if you've seen it on there, I called it out. I threw it out there. And I've been talking about this match, and it's it's going to be happening. And if you're going to do it, this is the place to do it. The first all-in, going back to the first all-in, the main event was it? Uh, yep, I know. I knew you were gonna do this. It was a six man match. It was the Young Bucks and Kota Bushi versus like Rey Mysterio. I don't even remember all the three that were in it. Right? Uh, yeah. There's only one thing we can do. We we main event this with a six man match. Almost a year to the day from the fallout. It was Bandito and Phoenix. Yeah, Bandito and Phoenix and Rey Mysterio. Almost a year to the week. Of the brawl out at all out, we get finally CM Punk and FTR, CMFTR is what they like to call themselves, versus the elite. Three on three match, the biggest three on three match, CM Punk's first match back. I wouldn't have him, 
I would have him talk, but not do a match. First match back, London, Wembley Stadium, CM Punk and uh, CM Punk and the Young Bucks, and CM Punk and uh, FTR versus Kenny and the Bucks. You do that match there, then you do CM Punk versus Kenny, and the Young Bucks versus FTR at All Out the next week. See, that's the thing is that if I'm being like straight up, like that is the dream. But it's like it's such a dream that's like, like again, in my head, it's like it's not possible. It's See, just not possible. In my head, this is how I think about it. And this is how I explained it to a friend that's talking about. If I was talking about a man that hadn't wrestled in seven years and was sitting at home and had no desire to wrestle again, no idea. This is a dude you're paying not to work right now. You're paying him. Not to work. He is on your payroll. People want to see him. You have a 90,000 seat stadium to sell out. Why not use him? Yeah. Honestly, if I'm punk, I'd be like, look, let's book this match. If we don't sell out, like sell out. I mean, like no seats left, like sell out, like break the SummerSlam uh, record, like SummerSlam attendance numbers. If we don't do it, let me go. Yeah, like put put it all on you. Yeah, and uh, you said MJF versus Kota Bushi. I said MJF versus Will Osprey for the AEW title. I don't know why. I just feel like you know. I want. I want. Uh, I want uh, Will Osprey to be the heel. That's the thing. I uh, no, see. Yeah, yeah I, he's not going to be the heel in London. I get that. Yeah, that's true. So <laughs> that, that, does, that does set up Kanosuke for a problem. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, fair, he's fair, not going to be the heel there. But guess who would definitely be the heel there? MJF, the biggest heel in the world, really. M- versus the hometown boy Will Osprey for the AEW. T- Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Title. And then while we're at it, fuck it, book Martin Kirby on the show. Let's 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 go. Let's fucking go. No, I don't know, dude. I'm like, if you're doing this, throw everything at it. Throw, you have to. I mean, if you're your, gonna try to sell out Wembley, you gotta throw everything. Yeah, throw your WrestleMania show at it. You know, uh, you know, every British person that's available, you get Trent Seven. You already got Nigel McGinnis on the that helped announce this. I'm just yeah, like, yeah, shout dude, out, yeah, uh, dude. Uh, Dude, yeah, do it, do it big. I, I am excited, and this is one of those things. Like I fantasy book WWE, all those stuff, all the different companies I've ever followed. I fantasy book, and very rarely do do does the show actual equal my fantasy booking. The reason I love AEW so much is every time I fantasy book the show, they end up doing it better than even I thought I could. And, dude, I don't, you know, like, that's, you know, like, Tony's a fan, so he understands how to book this show, and he understands he'll have a show the next week, so I'm looking forward to it, I am, I am, pun intended, I am all in, so I was at the first all in in Chicago, 
Uh, I plan on being the second. I plan on being the second all in all London. Uh, I plan on having a great time. And yeah, I am just, I'm like shaking, like with excitement. Know, like when they dude. announced it, I got goosebumps. Like and I said, because I, I saw, I saw I, Nigel, I saw Nigel and I'm like, oh, it's going to be England, uh, AEW. That's awesome. I mean, like, it's not as huge as like, you know, whatever, but I'm like, it's big. Absolutely. But like, you know, it's not huge. You know what I mean? And then they say Wembley and I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. I'll even say, like I said, I don't do goosebumps. I don't get them. But in that moment. Everything in me said, you have to be there for that. Yeah. And we're going to try. We're going to try our hardest. But, yeah, we'll we'll move off of that, though. But it was fucking huge. Um, now, of course, this show, episode of Dynamite that we're talking about, took place in um, shitty Long Island. Uh, and we opened up with Ricky Starks facing Juice Robinson. And the weird thing about this that caught me off guard was the fact that uh, Ricky was coming out at the start off the show. Juice was already in the ring, and I'm like, I know for a fact we're not giving Juice motherfucking Robinson a jobber entrance. Like, we're not doing that. Like, I I don't agree with that at all. So I was very, very confused about that. And then, as Ricky's about to get into the ring, I just hear Bullet Club. And there was a guy, I remember. People thought he was showing up the Raw After Mania to feud with Seth. And instead, Seth just stood in the ring while fans sang his uh, entrance theme, and then he walked to the back and went home. Reportedly, even the segment changed while he was in the ring during commercial break. The guy that people thought were, was debuting was Jay White. But we ain't breathing with the switchblade in WWE. We're breathing with the switchblade in AEW. Jay White fucking comes out. Blade Runner on Ricky Starks. Him and Juice Robinson beating the hell. Former Bullet Club team members. And Switchblade is all elite. Fucking boom. From Jump Street. Already Tony Khan's just like, all y'all who have been led astray, come home. Come to where wrestling lives. First thing we give you. First thing we give you. Jay White's in AEW. And he's here to stay. And he's signed. And he's all elite. With, Very first thing. With that move, the the dynamite after WrestleMania was already better than the Raw after WrestleMania. Significantly. Five minutes better. in. Five minutes in. Wasn't even that, happened. dude. Wasn't yes. even that. Hey, it was like three you know minutes. What? Yeah, because when they, when AEW gives you, doesn't give you a match that was promised, they give you something better. The only good thing to come from the Raw after WrestleMania was the at, was the little nod to Stu. We all love Stu. So, this was this was big. Signing him was big. I thought he was going to be in the WWE. I, you know, I did not know this was coming. I audibly yelled the Switchblade era. I messaged uh, Tyler on uh, Twitter and like, "Are you watching?" Because if y'all don't know, Tyler's favorite wrestlers are Adam Cole and Switchblade Jay White. So I was like, are you watching in all caps? And it was just like, this was pumped up. And I'm like, oh, this it's on. It's on. A message is being sent from the beginning that this is going to be a different night of wrestling. Oh, my God. 
straight up d- d- display. I know Jay White's kind of a polarizing wrestler at times. I'm a fan of his style. Uh, I think uh, something when you have people working a certain style, it's always good to have somebody that is the antithesis of that. But my only big thing is in in Japan, he's kind of a MJF level hill. In AEW, they already got an MJF level hill. So where is he going to slot in? I think Tony will figure it out. But I am ready to breathe with the Switch played because you know why? It's still his era. Damn straight. Uh, we then had Chris Jericho being interviewed backstage, and he was uh, very upset about uh, Adam Cole saying how you punked out Daniel Garcia in your first match back, so I had to put a stop to it. Jericho then gets interrupted by Keith Lee. Good to see you, man. And he was talking about how mean Adam Cole had been on each other's wrong sides before, but I respect him. But I don't respect Chris Jericho. And maybe next week on Dynamite, I teach you a thing or two about respect as he leans in and Jericho's just backing away, backing away. And then he just smirks and then walks off. Um, Thank you for using Keith Lee. I'm very happy to see that he's back. I know a lot of people are not okay with the gray on the beard and the uh, hair. Uh, uh, Floyd Floyd is not okay with the gray yeah, on the beard. That is the reason why I brought I, it up. I, I, I am uh, five years, six years older than Keith Lee. He looks yeah. older than I am. And yeah. I... Well, and he's like, I'm trying to stop the stigma of gray hair. I'm just like, yeah, that's something you do in your personal life. Yeah, wrestling's a cosmetic business. Go die that shit. But um, again, I mean, the man can do what he wants. You know, he he, he's much bigger than me, and he frightens me if he ever looked at me angrily. Uh, But yeah, no, I hate it. I I hate it. I'm trying to let it grow on me because I love Keith Lee. I love Keith Lee. There ain't too many people in this world that love Keith Lee that's not related to that man that more than I do. Damn it. Dye your hair, man. Dye it or shave it. Tap it out. <laughs> Dye it or tap out. I don't care. Tap out. I tapped out a long time ago. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, uh-uh. I'm just excited. I'm just excited to see Chris Jericho uh wrestle Keith Lee. That's gonna oh, be God. Ain't, he's gonna make Keith Lee look like a billion gajillion bucks. Absolutely. Um Moving on, we had the AEW World Trios match uh for the titles, House of Black versus Best Friends and Orange Cassidy, the AEW International Champions. Uh, Sue's back. The biggest return of WrestleMania weekend. We got Sue back in the Dude, as soon as Sue rolled up, I was like, oh, they're about to win the titles. Because <laughs> it's the power. Sue is, Sue's pop was just as loud as Jay White's. Yeah. That, I mean, that's crazy, right? <laughs> the best, dude. I yeah. love it. Yeah. People are so excited. On the same level of excitement of seeing a former IWGP World Heavyweight Champion and an old lady in a minivan. Yeah, yeah, same this level of excitement. Just like again, this this is this is the levels to this shit with wrestling. Yeah, yeah, and Sue, we love this shit. Sue could have done a meet and greet and made a whole bunch of money right after. Oh my show. god, do you realize how amazing that image would be? Just lines around yeah, fucking like do, WrestleCon to meet Sue. Yes, you get to take a picture in the back of the car, like. Thumbs up, yes. Seriously. Done. Done. All right. Uh, but this match, 
was really, really good, honestly, considering that this was our actual first match of the show, because um, the whole Ricky Starks, Juice Robinson was a ruse. Um, first match of the show, really, really good, honestly. They did some really good stuff. There were points where you definitely thought maybe Orange Cassidy and Best Friends were going to pull it off and come out and win the whole thing. Um, but I got to say, uh, Malachi, Buddy, and uh, Brody are just so big right now with those trios bouts, so... It makes sense for them to win. I will say, too, when Orange Cassidy and Buddy Matthews are in the ring, and those two can move fast. Like, just their first opening, like, sequence was so fucking fast. Like, they just... You thought you were watching the match at, like, one and a half speed. So, they were moving that fast. Um, but, and, um, there was a moment where uh, we had uh, Orange Cassidy hit the orange punch on Brody... And then Trent was about to pin. Uh, uh, Trent was about to get uh, a pile driver, but then Buddy Matthews comes in, stomps Chuck Taylor. Chuck takes the fall, and Buddy Matthews wins the titles and retains them for the House of Black, remaining on top of the trios division. Um, it was a good match, and I, I think am- it did make. I, I, I again, I love first of all usage of best friends, OG AEW uh, tag team, and just being in use. Because I don't agree with the idea that the entirety of best friends should just be Orange Cassidy. Now, of course, we've had to deal with the injury to Chris Statlander, but I like it when I get to see Chuck and uh, Trent on my TV. So thank you for that. My big thing is I like that Buddy Matthews got the pin because he's kind of he, he's kind of been the he's the third member of the House of Black, and it's just like. Oh, yeah. you got Brody King. You kind of got to get him kind of leveled with everybody else. Yes, and you have to uh, elevate him. And the fact that he got the finish of the match and got the pin, that was good. Uh, you know, it's, you could have went with the pop. And, you know, Sue came down to celebrate because, you know, the best friends are like, they've been there since the beginning, right? They've been there since the beginning. And you think about all the teams that have been there since the beginning as far as the Lucha Bros. And, you know, it was Lucha Bros. them and Young Bucks were the like first three tag teams in the company, and it's like Young Bucks have had their run. I mean, you know, the Lucha Bros have had their run. The best friends haven't, and you know, so may, you know, maybe it may. I won't say it's time yet because of what we find out later tonight. You know, you know, they're gonna have to wait to turn. But yeah, uh, I think that moment, if the best friends ever win the title, would be a great moment in AEW. Yeah, and I think they'll eventually get their due time. I've been shouting for best friends to be tag champions for a while. Um, I know they're going to get their chance, but I'm just glad to see them at least in a big match like this on Dynamite in like the first uh, actual match that we got on Dynamite this week, and they did a damn good job. Um, quick little backstage thing where they showed that Christian Cage and Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus back as well. So and if you might, that seems like he got, he was getting, they were getting sued about the mask. It looks like the mask is slightly different and it was red, right? Yes. So I think that's how they're going to adjust the whole mask thing of it all. So I'm glad he's back and it looks like Christian Cage is with him. And, yeah. you know, I like that. I like that group. I like Christian Cage. Uh, they've used them perfectly in AEW to me. So I want to see what happens with them. Uh, maybe they go after one of the titles and, you know, Luchasaurus has to, you know, get it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then we had the AEW Women's World Championship match between uh, Jamie Hayter and actually, is this on here? 
Hang on a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. Oh, no, no, no. Wait. Wait, wait, wait. Did they? No, they did. Okay. I I almost jumped ahead too far. Okay. I caught myself. Uh, Jamie Hayter versus Riho for the AEW Women's World Championship. Riho has really done a lot to shine in this small little build for this women's title match against Jamie Hayter. Um, Her running down with the goddamn pipe dude is the funniest fucking thing. I swear to God. It's amazing, and I love it. Um. And these two also did a really good job on this match. Um, there were points where it kind of got a little bit uh, like I was like, "Ooh, this could look bad," but um, they ended up uh, really holding it together. Um, but eventually, what ended up happening was uh, Jamie Hader, who nearly lost after the flying knees in the corner, uh, but then Jamie Hader was able to get her foot on the rope, um, and then that's when Jamie Hader hit the Haterade, and that would cause uh, her to also hit the ripcord. And then Riho was pinned. There's a solid title defense for Jamie against a former champion. I think it helps build her reign and make it look more uh, efficient. Um, even though I think fans are fully behind Jamie Hader and her title reign, so I think it's just continuing to be really, really good. Yeah, uh, really good match. Really exciting. Um, you know, uh, made me believe Rio could pull it off a couple times. Uh, hit the hit the rainmaker or the uh, Hater Aid or whatever. Uh, such a good move, uh, especially for her style of wrestling and storytelling. It's a really good move, and she gets the pin over, and it's like, you know, you got three women waiting in the back to come at uh, Jamie, so we're, we're going to see yeah. what happens there. And those three women were backstage as Ruby Soho and the Outcasts were there saying, congrats on the title defense, but don't get comfortable because one of us will be AEW Women's World Champ. They were talking to them about, like, you know, like, well, you know, only one person can be champion. It's like, we don't care. One of us is going to beat her, and one of us is going to be champion. Because if one of us is champion, all of us is champion. Normally what you get with those sort of things. Um, I just love it also at the end of it, too, with uh, uh, Soraya with the little outcast uh, uh, thing she was holding, and then she just yells at the camera, buy our shirts. I was just like, I thought that was funny. Um and you really should then, be buying the Outcast shirt. Just throwing that out there. You should, honestly. Um, the Jericho Appreciation Society were ready to see if the acclaimed had reached their decision on joining the JAS. Um, and Angela Parker was like, well, judging by the rap that you just said, which was a diss for sure, um, he's like, it looks like you want to fight together, which means that's fine because we've got a, f- a four-on-four eight-man tag match on Rampage. And the acclaimed were just like, the fuck? Uh, and they were going to scissor, but then Daddy S stopped them, and they all, and then the acclaimed scissored. Um, I mean, it was the segment, for sure, and it built for an eight-man tag match on Rampage. Let me tell you, there, cool. was two, cool. there were two very WWE segments in this show, and that was one this of them. This was it, yeah. Yes, there was one more, but I think the person did it so brilliantly that you know that bidding war of 2024 that yeah that's gonna be a thing well speaking of which i mean that leads in directly to aw world champion mjf now he had recently gotten in his hometown of long island it decreed and received the key to long island and that april 5th april uh yeah april 5th will forever be known in the city of Long Island as MJF Day. There was a big, full-on, like, horns and horns and strings band and all that kind of stuff. 
playing out MJF to the ring. Um, and there is a moment where he literally sings just pennies from heaven, which got the crowd to sing Shubin Doobie, which fucking I was crying when I heard a wrestling crowd sing Shooby Doobie. I was just like, what on the world? Uh, a great rendition of the song. Um, FM got presented by a brand new key to Long Island that was more gaudy and everything like that. And also, too, uh, I can't remember it was a, a, if it was the mayor of Long Island or whatever the hell it, like his title was, but uh, he was getting booed. And uh, I think the, the thing they were chanting, yeah, they chanted lower taxes at him, which I think is hysterical. It's like even in wrestling, politicians will never get cheered. Never. Absolutely. Um, the, I, all this segment did to me was prove one thing that MJF is the ultimate entertainer. It's just like. Absolutely. Like, dude, like, if I was WWE, I, it, the number that I offered him would be comical because he can do everything that they generally ask people in the WWE to do. Oh my God, dude. Like, the fact yeah. that the segment literally leads to him, like, about to do another song. And then the per- there's a person who does the the symbols crash. He's like on my tempo. I'm like okay, J.K. Simmons. And he's like literally screaming at him. And he turns around. He's about to go ahead. Takes off the the, the symbol man. Takes off all of his glasses and hat. And oh, it's Jungle Boy Jack Perry disguised. And he comes out and he jumps on MJF and they start fighting and fighting and fighting until they have to be pulled apart. And that's when Sammy Guevara comes out and. The AW title is in the middle of both Sam of, of MJF and Jack Perry, and Sammy Guevara trying to get a little bit of heat in this feud for himself takes the belt, holds it in both of their faces, and then goes to fight Commander, where he beats him, beats him, and we'll talk about Sammy's promo afterwards. But yeah, this MJF segment was just class. Honestly, it was really strong, and I mean, yeah, it was the this was by far the most sports entertainery. Uh, segment of the show, but this was done so well you can't even. Dude, can't this, even argue. this reminded me very much when WWE was good. <laughs> like, <laughs> like this was a WWE segment. It was like it had a guy singing with a full band and making fun of people and going back to a different song, and it had a guy dressed up as someone that he wasn't. Like at the moment, as soon as you saw the symbol club, you're like, "Oh, that's uh, Jack Perry," and and then it led. And this is another thing that then it leads right into the match. It puts the attention right back where it's supposed to be. It's on the wrestling. Sammy is Sammy's about to have a wrestling match. Like you got this big hunk of entertainment, and then he's like, "Oh, these guys are about to have a wrestling match." And it led to it, and it featured Sammy in that moment because this is how you build to a fatal four way. Then they even showed Darby up in the uh, rafters, just like detached, just watching all the stupid shit go down. I just thought this like, I mean, there's obviously one segment that's my favorite segment of the night. This would be number two though. Like on yeah. this night, there was nothing that was gonna be of number one other than what we get to. But this was an amazing segment. Yeah, it was un- unreal levels of good. Um, like I said, Sammy Guevara faced Commander, and he was able to beat him in a quick little match. Uh, it wasn't too quick, but I mean, it was it was quick enough. Um, and then Sammy Guevara cut a promo afterwards, basically saying, "Did I just?" 
I just did something the world champion doesn't do, which is wrestle. Because like, what the hell was that? American Idol? And he said, you come out and say you, you beat every one of the pillars. But let's be honest. When you and I got in the ring, I had you beat until uh, someone else came out and helped you. You didn't beat me. Sean Spears in a steel chair beat me. He said, you know what? I'm jealous because you manipulated your way to the top. I'm almost jealous of it. But like, you were Cody's friend and then you're not. You were Tony's friend, and then you're not. You were in the inner circle, and then you're not. You were in the pinnacle, then you're not. You were in the firm, and then you're not. It's like, you sold your soul to get where you were. I built my pillar brick by brick, put my heart and soul into this. Boo me, cheer me. I'm not going anywhere because I love AEW, and I'm not using this place to go somewhere else. He said, I main evented pay-per-views. I met my wife here. Screw Darby Allen. Screw Jungle Boy. Screw MJF. Uh, nice little moment to get Sammy because Sammy really was the one that was had the least – amount of heat coming into this uh, little possible four-way that they're going to do. Um, and this definitely helped him, I think, gain a little leg on um, getting some hype going into this uh, for sure four-way. Because uh, Jungle Boy had it, Darby definitely had it, and MJF, of course, had it. Um, so I think this definitely helped Sammy's position in this match um, just to give him a little bit more. So I think it helped a lot. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, it was like, when you looked at it, it's like, why is he here? And now... Uh, Other than the fact that he's a pillar, yeah. I mean, he's a pillar, but he he doesn't win a lot, you know? And yeah. they've done a good job of getting him some dubs, so it's like, oh, we're going to, you know, if they're going to build to this Fatal 4-Way, it's got to make sense. Because, honestly, unfortunately, because of how good they are, AEW is held to that standard that it has to make sense. So, giving Sammy all these wins... Featuring all of them, having them all attack MJF, and you know we're gonna get to that point. Yes, uh, the FTW Championship was held uh, uh, and uh, defended by Hook against Ethan Page. Uh, yeah, about that. Um, so Ethan Page uh, went for the twist of faith, but then got countered by another twist of fate, actually by Hook. Um, Isaiah Cassidy tries to di- distract. Ethan Page tries to grab the title belt and use it, but Matt Hardy refuses to let him use it, pulls it away from him, and actually hits him in the face with the title. Um, And then uh, Red Rum on Ethan Page, ref stops the match, Hook retains, and then Hook fist bumps uh, Matt Hardy and Isaiah Cassidy after the match, while Ethan Page is just like, I thought we were friends. Um, And this was kind of there, honestly, for me. This was just there. This, This existed. Yeah, yeah, no, I really don't have anything to say because, honestly, it's all built on, you know, Matt Hardy getting him to sign a contract. And it's like, we don't know what the contract says. So until we have the extra piece of information, we don't know what the segment really was. It was just another hook win right now. Yeah. And after this, the Blackpool Combat Club beat up three nobodies. Um, and afterwards... Um, Hangman Adam Page comes down, but he gets beaten up by the BCC, and Danielson just starts screaming about how he's an amateur, and those three, Yuta, even though he can be a prick sometimes, Claudio, Moxley, and himself, were the only professional wrestlers, like pro wrestlers in this building, only pro wrestlers in this company. Hell, after what I've seen this week, we're the only professional wrestlers, real professional wrestlers in all of damn America. And he said this house that AEW has 
needs to be fixed from all these amateurs. He kept screaming it and screaming it and screaming it. And then he had a screwdriver, smashed it and dug it into Hangman's eye. Looks like he might be going the Moxley route with an eye patch. And Danielson and the Blackpool Combat Club continue to look just vicious as they get another one over Hangman. Um, Good little segment, honestly. I loved how Danielson just took a shot. And uh, I love how he's just vicious as a heel. Absolutely vicious. This is how you see. This is how you build a heel faction. This is how you. They have to be dominant. If they are not dominant for a certain amount of time, that's it's just terrible, right? Uh, you know, I've heard on the Dak show, he talked about the pinnacle. It was like, oh, they debuted and they beat up to the other team. And then the next week they got beat up again. And it was just like, and he felt like that's where it started going wrong. And the BCC, you know, people learn from their mistakes. They have taken yes. out the Young Bucks. They have taken out Hangman. They, they will probably take out Kenny. And this is building them up as a, True threat as the number one heel faction in AEW. Yeah, no question about that. And then, main event AEW World Tag Titles versus FTR's AEW Careers, the Guns, the AEW Tag Team Champions versus Cash Wheeler, Dax Hardwood, Dash, Dax Hardwood, FTR. Um, only thing I want to say on this match, first of all, was. It was a fucking power move for goddamn Austin and Colton to come out to many men wish death by 50 cent. That right there, I was like, oh my God. Because I was waiting for that thing because I'm like, I know the guns have improved significantly. And I was like, I know like there's, they're obviously Billy Sons. They're obviously entertaining. And like their little moment that they had at the, FTR show over WrestleMania weekend was also special. I thought that was good too. I thought they did a good job there. Um, but I was like, what's that thing that's going to happen. That's going to make me just be like, you know what? I get it. And this is it. Just getting 50 cent many men as your walkout song, which probably cost a shitload of money, probably more so than any of the other songs that AEW and Tony Khan have licensed. This probably cost the most. If I had to, if I had to wager, and it the way the entrance was shot, the way that it came out, the way that there were no there was basically no lights other than the basic Titan Tron. There was no other like special lights or pyro. It was just that and the lights. I was just oh oh I I just had to gush about that. I don't want to talk much about this match because this is this this is his boys. So I want to pass this off. To okay. So let me just say early two thousands Floyd with the mini men. He he popped hard. I remember, uh, so Saturday, I did a photo out with the guns because I've literally got a photo out with everyone that's held the AEW tag team belts except them. So, uh, so I mean, except them and FTR. Uh, FTR actually only held the belts during the pandemic. They didn't do any meet and greets while being the champion. So, there you go. Uh, so, I got... Um, Austin and I was like, "Hey man, don't you know? Don't beat up my boys." And he's like, "You don't want them to go to the E." And I'm like, "Hell no!" He's like, "We do." And then they made me laugh. And 
you know, I've talked about it. We've bowled on the bowling team, and you know, I'm very familiar with them. They're, you know, and they're uh, really nice to me all the time. I know I hate that that uh, destroys their character that they're two really nice dudes, and you know, like no reason. You know, they're just a pleasant people, and um, so I got to pitch with them, and I was like, and my bowling partners against the greatest tag team ever, and yeah, many men, uh, dude. I actually, like, when I worked out today, I turned that on first, like, before my playlist kicked in, just because that song is just, like, it goes so, it's just so hard. And then how they had the spotlight, and they were just standing there with their pose, I'm like, dude. Because I, 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 I love the guns. I didn't think they were there yet to be the champions, but, you know, they grew into the role. And I think the next time they win the titles, whenever that is, they're going to be good enough to get there because they're going to work with FTR and they're going to work with the Young Bucks. They're going because they've been positioned as former tag team champions, so they're going to work with the better teams. And you're going to see them, and then they'll probably be that team. I could see them in top flight once healthy, they, uh, feuding for years. You know what I mean? I think they could be that main hill tag team in AEW. So I wanted to give that shout out to them because I do truly like Colton and Austin. I mean, I do not love them as much as I love FTR, but I truly love Kelton Austin. I just think they were built for this. I mean, they have the look. I mean, they have the name. They have everything. So there you go. Match starts, and and they they are uh, crowds cry crazy. They are behind FTR. I hadn't heard a crowd like that since Sunday. Uh, no no shots. Uh, but uh, yeah. Um, I believe Cash started off the match. Dude, so many false finishes. Uh, uh, the roll-ups, the hit. Uh, when Dax went off the top, Dax went off the top rope, and uh, Austin took the belt. And, and, you know, Dax landed on a God-perfect heel move. Like, that's how every, if the heels are going to win, that's how the match is supposed to end right there. And then Dax kicks out. And it was just like that desperation of this, like, I felt like the story perfectly told the desperation. If they didn't win, they they would have to leave, right? But also, you always believed the guns could win, and I thought that was the perfect way to tell the story. And they were really kind of on the FTR's level, you know. They all they almost hit their uh, FTR like move, you know. Uh, I forgot what did what do they call it. I think the 310 to Yuma. I forgot what they called it. But the guns finisher where they uh, elevate them and then hit that um, like flatliner. Uh, it's a pretty cool move. Uh, you know, they threw everything at them. The FTR hit the spike pile driver. Uh, I think they even hit the uh, big, uh, hit the uh, shatter machine at one point. Uh, they, you know, Every time the guns were there, every time the guns were supposed to be. And then there was this rule that, you know, the guns, if, you know, they got DQ'd, FTR, you know, still didn't win the belt, so they still had to leave. So they nutshot him. And then the referee, and he has this moment, and he's like, and then they try another thing, and the referee doesn't see uh, suspension. But the moment of the match to me was he does the clean nutshot on Dax, right? And the referee's going to call the bell. And Cash, like, literally grabs his hand. Like, that only means something in wrestling. It's like, 
<laughs> like, dude, he put his hand up. The DQ's there, you know what I mean? It only means something in wrestling where you can stop a man's hand, and that means the DQ didn't count. And he's like, please, please, please don't call the DQ. And they didn't uh, roll up. I, I, and I honestly can say this. I like my wrestling a little sloppy. Makes it look more real, right? The end, great moment. Crowd popped. I want to. Our crowd was excited. This was the moment, but I was not a fan of how the roll up looked. It looked loose. You know what I mean? I know this is only a expert talking. I'm not that. I'm just saying, as a fan, I'm looking at it, and it just looked like you know they could have easily rolled out of it. You know what I mean? I don't know, Austin, whatever. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, it looked loose, but they got the three. Crowd went crazy. They had the belts. They had the streamers, which I'm loving. They brought back, and they're in the FTR rainbow colors, and they're excited. And uh, even Jackie sent me a picture. Cash found her in the crowd and gave her a big hug. That that in FTR was your two. We also had Mark Briscoe show up too. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was like FTR. FTR times two, FTR times ten, because they're two times AEW tag team champions, and now they are the uh, ten time world champions around the world. Mark Briscoe comes out and hugs them because I mean I feel like he's like the honorary third member of FTR at this point, um, you know. So he comes out and hugs them and celebrates with them. Uh, you know, Dax gets on the mic, basically, you know, talks, puts Tony Khan over, tells him how awesome Tony Khan is, and you know, and thank him for having a job and all that kind of stuff. And it was great. And yeah, FTR is back. Um, I'm very happy. Very happy. Uh, I, uh, I'm going to throw this out there because I, I said it. Uh, uh, I said it. Uh, Sunday night, sports entertainment broke my heart. Wednesday night, Pro Wrestling fixed it. And I don't have to worry about sports entertainment breaking it again because I'm going to be sticking with pro wrestling. This boy is home now. And this was the match yes. that reminded me why I love AEW. Uh, it was the moment. It was built to. It was the main event. Everything was done to let you know it could go either way. They went with the right way. The tag team division is like solidified with one of the two best tag teams in the company as your tag team champs. Yeah, there's nothing I can add. This was perfect. This episode was perfect. I mean, I don't even use that much. Like, But this episode was perfect. Everything worked going from the segment to the segment. Even the segment I didn't like for the flow of the show worked together. And yeah, uh, I we now live in the FTR. And I said for today... For Tay only, and as you'll see as the title of this show, FTR stands for Finally They Reign. Yes. Because they are your tag team champions. And I am really upset that I couldn't be there, <laughs> but I am really happy that it did happen. I'm really Jack happy Jackie was there. Uh, I mean, honestly, it did. Like I even said, it felt like I was there because she was there because yeah. she shares that passion for FTR, and she, you know, she's tight with them. You know, she shares the passion, so it felt like I was there. And shout out to them. Uh, they got new shirts out. Uh, another shirt on Shop AEW. 
since FTR has kind of the rainbow motif, it looks great. And then they have uh, on Pro Wrestling Tees, they have the FTR 10 times, and it has 10, it's black and white, it has 10 stars, and it has the date of every time they've won a title. So the last time they were the champions in WWE was on June 10th, 2019. What, why is June 10th special? Do you, do you know why that's special, um, Austin? June 10th? I do, but I want you to say why. It's my birthday. So my one of my birthdays forever immortalized on an FTR shirt. So that's pretty cool. And yeah, you should buy the shirt, buy the shirt, uh, and you should buy the shirt. And keep <laughs> buying all the shirts because they're my boys. They're the guys. Oh my god, they fixed me. Like, dude, like, even my wife's like, "Why are you in such a good mood today?" It's just like, uh, Sunday didn't happen anymore. I'm good. Yep. I mean, Sunday, Sunday's gone. Sunday, I've moved on from Sunday. And even on like Monday, I said on the Wednesday because I knew Wednesday would fix my mood. I knew it. Even that FTR not winning, I knew Wednesday would fix my mood because AEW does pro wrestling and I enjoy pro wrestling. There you go. And yes, that stellar tag team main event, FTR regaining the AEW Tag Team Champions and staying with AEW is how we closed out this outstanding uh, Dynamite after WrestleMania. And it was just what we needed after, like Floyd said, sports sports entertainment did what it does and broke your heart. Yeah, L.I. represent, baby. Yes. Now, we have uh, some previews for... uh, AEW Rampage and Battle of the Belts, which will be taking place in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, we have those that will be going back-to-back, actually. They'll be airing. Um, first up, for Rampage, we have Darby Allen versus Lee Moriarty. Uh, the acclaimed in 2.0 uh, for you know the JAS. They're going to be in eight-man action. We don't know who they're facing. Anna JAS will be facing Julia Hart. I'm honestly stoked for that match. I think this could be a really good one. Um Hook versus Ethan Page. They're going to have another FTW uh, title match, but this will be under FTW rules, um, which, you know, uh, ECW that means, style. Yeah, that means falls count anywhere. Uh, you know, pinfall submission, no DQ, uh, but everybody's banned from ringside. So it's yes. just Ethan Page and Hook. Yes. So that, that'll be happening. Swerve Strickland will be making an announcement. Um, and then we're going to have a sit down between Jade Cargill and Taya Valkyrie uh, for battle of the belt side of things. The TBS championship will be on the line as Jade Cargill defends against Billy Starks. Um, the ring of honor uh, tag titles will be on the, uh, will be uh, defended between uh, powerhouse Hobbs and QT Marshall and the Lucha bros who recently won them at uh, Supercard of honor. And then we have orange Cassidy defending his international championship uh, as he faces Jalistica. Uh, all I'm going to say, solid lineup, but let's just say I wasn't the crazy fan that I am. I'm going to bed. I'll yeah. watch it in the morning. I mean, honestly, there's, it's there's nothing, just been so much wrestling. Yeah, there's nothing on this list that was like, man, I need to stay up and watch that live. I'm like, and that's no insult to anyone. I love Jay Cargill, love the Lucha Bros, but I can pretty much turn off the internet go to sleep and wake up in the morning and watch this. It's like when you have battle of the belts, right? I, which I remember clash of the champions was my thing. And it's just like, 
I feel like you need a bigger name, maybe an MJF title defense. Uh, even if it doesn't like even make all the sense, maybe he does the challenger thing. But I just felt like there's you could do better. Lucha Bros, Hobbs and QT. Do you think Hobbs? Like let's 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 go through this. Do you think Billy Starks can beat Jay Cargill? It's gonna no. be Jay Cargill, right? Do you think Hobbs and QT is gonna beat the Lucha Bros? No. Do you think Jalistico is gonna beat Orange Cassidy? No. Okay. Why am I watching the show? There you go. Yeah, I mean, I have three predictable matches. I'm like, why, why, why? Three matches, basically no build. You just threw them on there. I'm not, and every match doesn't need a story. I'm not that kind of person. But I'm saying, if you're calling this a special Battle of the Belts, why do I care that you're putting on a special if I, I mean, this is just a really good dark. Because yeah. you know everybody that's going to win the match. I'm like, I am proclivity for positivity, but I'm just saying, I'm not thinking about me. I watch literally everything AEW puts out. I watch Dark every week. I watch Elevation every week. What I'm trying to put myself in, and in my friend Jason's shoes, I always call his, his name because he's, he's a casual fan. He just happens to be friends with someone that's a hardcore fan. He's not staying up for this. Just not. Yeah. He's going to see the list and he's like, I, I may catch it in the morning. And right. I think your job is to draw people that normally wouldn't watch in the watch. And I don't think any of these matches do that. Yeah. So, yeah. But those <laughs> are the, those are the matches, though, for Rampage and Battle of the Belts. Should be strong, even though, uh, you know, it's kind of not worth the live watch right now. DVR it or watch it off of YouTube and then call it a day. Yeah. I'm like, I was going to say, I'm going to get up Saturday morning. I'm going to knock it out. Take me some notes to see what happens. But it's just like, yeah, you can do better. You can do yeah, better. <laughs> That's sure. a, but yeah. they've already given us an outstanding dynamite. So we're being greedy. But at the same time, you can still do better. I will say full, full heartedly. Um, but still an amazing dynamite uh, to have us uh, for this WrestleMania post weekend. Um, but that is going to do it, I think, for this episode of All Things Elite. We've pretty much gotten to everything. Um, but... Again, thank you so much for you guys listening. We want to make sure you guys continue to download this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Spotify, wherever you choose to listen to us, give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. You can also leave a rating and a review and follow us on Twitter. We are at AT Elite Pod on Twitter, at Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. And check out all the other shows they have on their network. You won't be disappointed. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. at Twitter. And I will now let my man, who I know has gone through all the range of emotions, all the highs and lows that this amazing thing called pro wrestling can provide you with. Um, and I will let him take us home for this episode of All Things Elite. I'm going to end the show the way I rarely do. I'm actually going to end in the show with a tweet that I sent out because I just think it's important this week. Uh, as I see it, you only have two commodities when it comes to hobbies, your time and your money. If there's something you don't like, spend, uh, if you don't like, stop spending your time and your money on it. Spending your time, money on something you don't like is a waste of both. There are other things. I say that as somebody that was heartbroken and somebody that was kind of fixed later in that week that, you you somehow sometimes maybe every year every six months 
You take stock into what you're putting your money in. Take stock into what you're putting your time in and make sure you're getting out of it what you're putting into it, whether it's entertainment, whether it's progress, whatever it is. Just make sure you are spending both your time and money in a way that brings you joy. So I will say that. Find your joy. And I will leave you how I always leave you, whether it is home, work, or school. Always do your best to be a leader.